Christian church. Merry Christmas. We just sang about being joyful. I think we, with a little bit more ump, can say Merry Christmas to one another. Merry Christmas, church. <clears throat> Seeing the hails light the Advent um, candles this morning, it reminded me, I don't, it just, this is my, how my mind works, but it just reminded me when uh, Lewis and I were getting ready to step in as uh, youth, our young adults pastors at another church that we were at in L.A. Um, quite a few years ago now. I was so nervous about preaching in front of the community that I was checking my notes and checking my notes, and it was a young adults group, so we thought we were relatively hip, so we had candles out all throughout the, um, the room and tables set up that people could sit around, and as I was checking my notes before I got up to preach, my paper hit the flame of the candle and just caught fire there, and so I'm having to pound out the paper and blow it out um, before I get up to preach, and um, that had nothing to do with the sermon. I just thought about it as they were lighting the candles this morning. <laughs> as we continue our series um, reflecting on Advent, we're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Um, I'm pretty sure that most of us are familiar with the context of, of um this story, but what we find right after the Gabriel, the angel, comes and visits Mary, this is what we read starting at verse 39. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He, has, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and they went back to her own home. I also want to read to us what happens after the shepherds come and visit um, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, most importantly, um, on the night of Jesus' birth. It says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. 
All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. We're also told around Jesus was 12 years old and he goes and spends time in the temple. It says this about the family. It says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all of these things in her heart. I love the description that we get of Mary as being a person who pondered, who thought often. As the stories of the gospel are being formed and gathered together, the way that Luke and the church think about Mary is someone who thinks deeply about Jesus. You've likely sat in a meeting or have a friendship with someone who is like this. They seem to constantly, consistently be intently thinking as you're in conversation with them. And as conversation goes on and on and, and the conversation shifts to them to hear what they might have to say, there's a pregnant pause. They gather their thoughts like priceless coins, and then they speak a word of deep wisdom. As Lewis and I are in conversation with one another, there are times that we're in conversation, and then I think that it's her turn to say something back, and she's just quiet. And I stop and I wonder, what do you think? And she says, I don't know yet. And I say, what do you mean you don't know yet? And she says, I'm still thinking. In my marriage with Larissa, I've learned and continue to learn that you can actually think before you speak. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a possibility. <laughs> because how I find out what I think about something is by the words coming out of my mouth. And then I discover how I feel and think about a situation. And I'm learning that you can ponder and you can reflect before you speak. One day I received an invitation to go to a small gathering. It was going to just be about a gathering of 12 young adult leaders, and we were going to get the opportunity to sit in a room and listen to Dallas Willard. If you don't know that name, I would just encourage you to go to Amazon right now, and whatever book says Dallas Willard on it, just purchase it. Um, again, it was about a dozen young adult leaders, and we had the opportunity to just sit and ask him questions. And... As we asked him questions, he gave these deep, thoughtful, long responses. And every response that he gave, it felt like he would follow it up by saying, it's funny that you asked that because I've been thinking about that and only that for the past 72 hours. 
I walked away from that time, and what was on my mind was simply this. This is a man who thinks. This is a man who ponders. This is a man who merely doesn't just flow through life, but he's constantly reflecting on, on everything that he's engaging with. But it was, more, it was more than a thoughtful response. It wasn't just a long theological reflection on what was being inquired about. If I could say it this way, his responses weren't boring. But they were infused with the joyful wisdom of Jesus. There was a weight of glory about what Dallas Willard was sharing with us as he responded to our questions. We, unfortunately, with masks on our face this morning, have learned that our breath can carry within it invisible particles that can infect the bodies of our listeners. But Mary's words were infectious in a different way. When Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, the baby within her womb leaps. And we know why. Mary's greeting isn't just Mary speaking. It was that the presence of Jesus accompanied Mary's words. This is the quality of a life of someone who has Jesus residing within them. Mary sings a song that causes me to wonder and ponder. Mary, you see the world from a perspective that I am barely beginning to get a view of. I have a sister-in-law who is a photographer, and when we're gathered together as family, there will be often times where we think, I'll think, oh, this is a perfect place to grab a picture. Whether we're you know, out on a hike together as a family or we step into a certain room together and I take my phone out and I grab a picture and then I look over at Abby's phone and I realize, man, you see the room entirely different entirely differently than I do. The way that you step into a space, the way that you observe all of the different angles and lighting that is available, your vantage point is so much more different than mine. And I realize you ponder, you reflect, you wonder, you step into a room with different eyes than I do. Maybe we could say it this way, kids so often talk differently about the world than adults tend to. The observations that come from the back seats of our minivan are so often filled with curiosity, filled with observations that are just, and they have wonder and joy about them. I remember just driving Justice to school over the course of, of October and November, and, and every morning he would just you would hear from the back seat of the van, huh, oh, hey, 
that neighbor, their pumpkin is still out. Huh, it's a little bit more moldy this morning. Huh, it's collapsing. Oh, I get it now. Just the back seat is just filled with constant observation. I'm just driving, but for him, it isn't just navigating the world, it's filled with points of observation, points of, of curiosity. What can I discover today? You've likely noted, noticed this with kids, maybe particularly young boys, but anything can become a sword. With kids, anything can become a toy, anything can become a pet. You walk into their room, and what you see is a room filled with just trash, junk, and clutter. And you gather those things together, and you're about ready to dump them, and you just hear absolute cries of terror. What are you doing? That is going to be the most perfect craft. And you sit and go, it is a piece of trash not to their eyes. Their eyes are filled with wonder and curiosity. Kids' world is filled with so much hope and joy. Just this last week, my boys were having a conversation with one another, and like an oldest child, Justice turns to Tiago and he tells him, you know, Sam, Sam, sometimes Santa gives coal to kids who act bad. And Tiago responded this way. He said, you mean you can act poorly or act badly and still have a chance at getting a present? <laughs> what he heard was sometimes... A child's imagination is filled with hope and delight. Maybe you can remember Buddy the Elf navigating New York City for the first time, and all that we would have considered annoying or have been inconvenienced by, Buddy finds delight in. There's a different spirit in how he navigates a space. A poor cup of coffee is showered with congratulations because he believes them when they say that it's the world's best cup of coffee. Gum on the street or on the guardrail isn't just something to be disgusted by, but it's a discovered treasure filled with free sugar. Solicitors with invitations being shoved in your face are actually extremely generous men who are giving away free paper. Buddy lives with the Christmas spirit flowing through his veins. Like Santa says, no one has the Christmas spirit like Buddy the Elf. Here's what I notice about Mary. Mary thinks about the world around her differently because of the life that resides within her. Secondly, I would also say that Mary influences the world around her because of who resides within her. Let's spend time on that first thought, would we? Notice Mary's song, we've come to call it the Magnificat. And what you'll notice about this song is that all of the words are in, or all the sentences are in past tense. 
They are declarations for what God has already done. The arms of the child Jesus have yet to be formed in her womb, yet she sings, he has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Hannah King, who writes one of the devotionals that you'll read in this upcoming week's devotions if you have um, that Advent devotional um, book, this is what she reflects on. In declaring God's mighty acts, Mary exclusively used the past tense. He has shown strength. He has scattered the proud. He has exalted the humble. The arrival of Jesus guarantees God's victory, even though we don't yet see it in fullness. God has already secured our salvation and the renewal of our world. It makes you believe that pregnant Mary with the life of Jesus kicking inside of her sees the world differently now. I sit and wonder at Mary's prayer life. You've likely noticed this before. Pregnant moms are constantly narrating to their child the world around them. Mamas with babies on their hips, mothers walking around with holding their hands of their toddlers are constantly using words like let's and us and we. Right? They, they say things like, let's put your shoes on. All right, we just have to finish doing this. Every moment becomes a shared activity with their child. I just imagine that every moment for Mary, she's likely talking to Jesus, who resides in her womb, about what she's seeing in the world around her, narrating to Jesus all that she's doing and all that she's observing in the world around her. She speaks to him with a closeness and in an intimacy that absolutely stuns and inspires us. The words of Mary are pregnant with hope, filled with certainty in the strength and faithfulness of her God. The life of Jesus within her informs how she sees the world around her. What was it like? What was it like for Mary to see the pain and the darkness and the injustice of the world around her while carrying Jesus within her body. You likely can imagine her looking down, speaking to her pregnant belly and saying, that will not stay the same. It won't be like that for much longer. I imagine Mary seeing a leper on the streets noticing a tax collector in their booth, a Roman centurion walking the streets, a tortured, possession, possessed soul on the fringe of society, Herod's palace in the background of the city, and a child walking through their town with their fish and bread in hand, just about to go enjoy, enjoy their lunch. And Mary seeing all of these things with a hope 
spirit-filled kingdom perspective. Maybe again reciting the words of that song that she sang with celebration. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away with empty hands. Have you ever walked into a room maybe carrying something like donuts or a gift? Have you ever walked into the room knowing that you're about to share good news with those that are in that space? Just this past week, our pastoral meeting was interrupted by a beloved member of the community coming in with a plate full of homemade chocolate. Everything shifted in that moment. <laughs> Conversation paused and all attention came to the gift that was brought in. Imagine walking into every room knowing that you carry Jesus with you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 simply phrases it this way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the hope that we carry with us into every space that we step into. Christ resides within you. It's meant to be a point of assurance, encouragement, joy, and hope. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Whatever space you step into, you're able to say, this will not remain the same. The redemption and renewal of Jesus will arrive here. And so we pray, come, Lord Jesus. But what we also see is that we see one who is intimately familiar with the influential presence of Jesus in a room. And they start participating in the work of renewal. What we, read er what we read earlier is that Mary steps into a room and at her greeting, the, the life within Elizabeth leaps at the sound of Mary's greeting. A flood of hope and joy fill that space. But Mary remains in reality and humility. She knows it's not just simply her words. She knows that it's about Jesus residing within her, and she erupts in song that celebrates Jesus. When you walk into a space knowing that you carry Jesus with you and see the way that things begin to shift and change in that room, you are probably encouraged to begin to participate in that work of renewal and celebration that's beginning to happen. So watch what happens many years later in John chapter 2. It says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. 
Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. And when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Imagine, ponder, wonder. The joy on Mary's face when she notices she's in the same room with Jesus again. Words begin to flutter around the house. The wine has run out. But notice the actions of the one who has spent their lifetime walking into the same room with Jesus. It's not a stretch to imagine. She has seen Jesus as a young man opening scrolls and memorizing the words of the law and the prophets. At weekly Shabbat, she has sat across the table from Jesus as he looked up to heaven and given thanks for the bread. She has very likely prepared for him and placed the Passover lamb at his dinner She's likely heard him recite the words of Exodus from his own mouth. Witnessing all of that, sitting in the same room with him for a lifetime. So she approaches Jesus. With him in the room, she knows they're not really out of wine. And you can look at the likely dropped jaws on the disciples' faces as she turns to the servants and says, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. I can hear the disciples asking one another, how did she know that Rabbi would act when it seemed like to us he said no? And I can imagine her turning to them with smile on her face and saying, I have spent my life with him. You will understand him and his ways as you continue to walk into the same room with him. What I see in this astounding woman who has spent her life pondering on the uniqueness of Jesus is someone who is demonstrating to the disciples what it looks like to, to pay special attention to the one that they are following. Whatever your expectations are of him, they are not enough.
she has spent her life with Jesus. So when she notices that there's a need in the room and Jesus is in the room, she acts. And she begins to participate in the work of renewal because she sees the world differently. She sees the world in past tense. He has. He has. He has. And that's the hope that we live with. Pastor Brittany, if you would come back up. Church, let's enter into prayer. Father, we pray that we this morning would just be encouraged to ponder, wonder, to be filled with hope, to be filled with curiosity. And by that, Lord, I mean that would we be a people that, that just constantly think, wonder, who are you? What are you up to in the world around us? We would continue to pay special attention to you, to get to know you more, to spend time with you, to gaze at your wonder and glory. And as we do so, that a work of reframing would happen, that you would be teaching us how to view the world differently to view the spaces that we navigate, to view the rooms that we step into differently because of the hope of glory that resides within us. Would we think differently? Would we approach our neighbors differently? Because we have seen you, because we've come to know you. Jesus, I pray that in this week ahead that there would be moments where we get lost in the wonder of who you are. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, would you stand and let's enter back into song together.